Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Nebraska Preps post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's the big boys guy. I, I enjoy this part of the week every week. We're a little later today because my partner, my main man, Jacob Padilla, is stretched extremely thin. Covers Nebraska athletics. We have press conferences and coaches speaking. And that means that, Jacob, you have, what What, are, what do people say? Duty calls? <laughs> sure, we can go with that. Duty, uh, du- duty calls, man. There was some, real quick, there were some what, what kind of moments in the presser yesterday, right? I So I think if we're just kind of g- getting a pulse, we went from, ooh, Casey Thompson and this offense and, ooh, could be pretty good, to tight end news, <laughs> defensive line news, <laughs> save your bets. Yeah. Like, the mood, and it's just spring, but the mood in my opinion, kind of changed. Well, are they going to be able to field a team by the time the season rolls around? It seems like you, they're going the wrong direction. i tell you what, without any uh, – so no life tackling, no more scrimmage work uh, for the remainder of the spring through spring, and we'll see what happens with uh, the spring game. Considering I'm on the broadcast, that is of concern, right? <laughs> like, am I, am I going to be bro- – are we going to be broadcasting two-hand touch, or what are we going to be doing? But – it's weird how kind of the the pendulum and the mood swung, right? Coach Dawson and Coach Chenander spoke yesterday, talk of an inexperienced D-line, and Coach Dawson had some great bites. I don't – it's not great for fans, but I get it as a coach, right? And he's, it's not like these young guys are thinking, hey, let's do the opposite yeah. of, of what I'm telling you to do, but sometimes it just it feels like it. Like yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. I, you know, because sometimes you just want to look at somebody and say, Hey, who taught you that? Yeah. <laughs> right, well, and, and that's he's kind of in that situation by default where it's going to happen because he has no one else to play. Yeah. You, you've got six scholarship defensive linemen that are healthy right now, I believe, plus yeah. Colton uh, Feast you can throw in there, uh, who, who I actually I like. So he jumped off the page at me a couple of weeks ago, and and I, he's undersized. He can't be, but about two eighty. Yeah. Um, but he's the guy that I d- I covered when we did the broadcast for the state finals right like he's a guy that just he plays harder grid pad level he, he's just a good player as is often the case first time I saw him play was on a basketball court at the Heartland Hoops Classic years back for Utah and he was out there a big old defensive lineman dude chasing around guarding guys on the perimeter just like taking on the other team's best player yeah, that's I'm like, how he plays okay <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> like so there, there's your Nebraska minute in just yeah. a minute um as we allowed ourselves to kind of uh you know, kind of stray off yeah. a little bit. But how was the week otherwise? Getting ready to ramp up. We got the Recruit Looks event this weekend. Uh, I'm coming back from uh, Fayetteville and, and that Recruit Looks deal down there. So, I mean, how was the weekend for you as you're kind of getting prepared? Good. Uh, we had a really good practice last night and really good scrimmage. Guys, uh, I think they're really connecting well. The new guys have fit really well for my team personally. Uh, I'm excited to see what we can do this weekend because – 
A um, little bit of change from last year, but I brought five guys back and a few of the guys I was familiar with um, previously, and then a few newcomers. So it's a nice little mix here. So does for you, does familiarity breed contempt, or do you kind of you embracing this? Yeah, no, it, it makes things easier because uh, half the team already knows the stuff that I'm trying to put in for the most part. We're going to we mix in a few new things, uh, always pick some things up along the way, but the base of what we do, uh, some of these guys have been doing it for two years. Uh, the rest, uh, or another few have been doing it. Uh, this will be their second year. So a lot of familiarity. It's easy to kind of install, and uh, you already start with that base level of camaraderie and chemistry. Let, let me ask you something just because you, you coach, and you just happen to be a, a fan of a team that I think defies a lot of analytics in the Phoenix Suns, right? I was, I was talking a couple weeks ago on the morning show. You know, they're 25th in the NBA and getting their points from behind the arc, right? They – which for a team as good offensively as they are is not a lot like of other bat, a lot of other proficient offenses, especially in the NBA. When you're coaching and you know that people are using analytics and hey, good shots are here and this is what people like to do, are you? Do you find yourself coming back to like hey, mid ranges are good? Do you know why? Because they're open shots defenses are allowing you to get those shots because we've been conditioned that long twos and 16 foot jump shots are, are no good like have you changed or where are you with that well so the, the the way I coach I I want you to play to your strengths and if you prove to me you're good in this area I'll let you go like Carter Templemeyer uh, last two years I had him great mid-range shooter I was he pull, go pull up whenever uh, you got the space for a kid Go, go take that shot. <laughs> Some other guys maybe is like, oh, that's probably not a great shot. Why don't you land on two, kick it out, keep the ball moving. Let's look for a better shot. Because that's really, honestly, the way I play or the way I coach is I really do try to stress decision making. And good shots, share the ball, be in the right spots, play off of each other. Is a good uh, shot an open shot or is a good shot a specific kind of shot? It's uh, Open shot starts with that, but it's the shots that you practice, the shots that you've shown that you're comfortable with, you're good with. Um, so I, I've got a couple of kids that have no problem shooting from well beyond the three-point line and shoot a good percentage there. Uh, Evan Warner in our practice last night from Elkhorn South, man, I, he must have hit five, six threes in our scrimmage and a couple of them well beyond the line and then came down and took a heat check, didn't make it, but I'm like, eh, sure. <laughs> you hit your last two or three, go ahead, fire it up. You're okay. Yeah, so. we, saw, we saw that in Fayetteville with ETG, everything to gain, who's um, and trying to play their way into the circuit. Huge win against Team Griffin. Uh, in the quarters, it, Neil Mosser was a lot like that. Didn't really have like what I would call the breakout, breakout game, but there were a couple of times where I would say to myself, that's not a good shot unless you're Neil Mosser, right? And there were a couple of times, I think, they played in the second game, um, and it was the difference because he stretched the defense. And once those go in, I mean, that was a game in which – uh, Caleb, he made five threes, and which was a was which was a personal best for him. And I'm just thinking, the shooting is contagious, but it's the freedom of movement. Yeah. If that's how you're going to play, because you know, with Coach Mitchell, or, or I mean, even Coach Runco, who has the 15s, or, or Andy King, who and and Coach Swanka, who have the 17s. I think we're one of the 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 few programs that really try to start with defense, and I think their way of rewarding you 
for digging in and playing good defense in, in summer basketball is the freedom to play a certain way offensively. And it's a thing. It's That's, a it's a real thing. You pretty much described the, uh, my, my team and the way that I'm coaching is right that now. Is that so similar? That's, okay. Yeah. Like that's – uh, that, that's the thing. I've been so impressed with these guys, and no matter who we add, like it's just they all fit in, and guys play so well together. The help side defense was great in our scrimmage last night. We had five, six block shots from the help side defender just getting in there and tying the ball up or blocking the shot or, or forcing uh, forcing a tough shot over the top, and then that fueled our transition. We were really good running the ball, getting transition looks, put, pushing it ahead because guys were on the same page defensively, and um, that really is. Uh, kind of, that's a really good way to win basketball games. If you are really locked in, you're you're in the gaps, you're you're on the same page, you're helping each other. It makes offense so much easier, and that's the thing that I like try to teach these kids. Like, it, it's a lot harder to score against a half court set where the defense uh, is in position, everybody's locked in, they know it's ready. You get out and run, beat that defense down the four, you can get any look you want. So you reward yourself on offense by playing good defense and starting there. It's interesting because I'm just thinking about as we're kind of all over the place. We start with Nebraska football, then we got a little high school. But I want to give a like a Final Four example, right? Because I'm looking at th- this Kansas Villanova matchup, and you know Villanova is going to play extremely slow, and they're going to squeeze possessions, and they probably want to play this game in the 50s. Kansas is a little more free flowing, but they do have a guy in Coach Self who does know how to get post touches, right? I mean, he had Lightfoot the other day, in my opinion, looking like Lou Alcindor. When you're kind of doing this deal in, in the summer and you have new rosters and people are kind of meshing, how much, how critical is it do you think that you as a coach, you learn along the way with how your guys are going to play too? Yeah, it's, it, again, like I was talking about, like you have to understand what is a good shot for the kids. Both the, the players themselves and you as a coach have to understand what where kids are comfortable. And it, it is kind of amazing, like sometimes – uh, the difference you see in kids playing in different settings, like for their high school it's, teams. It's unbelievable. Neil Mosser is an example of that. Like, he just looks so at he's home. A, he's with, a summer guy. Team. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's and, like, and, and, and I think some of it is, and it's funny you yeah. use him as an example. Now, he does play with two guards, and the guy from yeah. EYBL came over, and he's like, God, you're backcourt. <laughs> like, especially in the, in the Team Griffin win, because that's a national, that's yeah. a great program. They will be in, in the finals or the semifinals of almost every national tournament. Our guards really control that game, and they're used to playing against bigger, stronger, older guys, right? I mean, they, they're playing as sophomores at Westside. But the ability to share the ball and get easy shots, right? When you can compromise, Chris Paul, your guy is yeah. a perfect example, right? He makes the game easy. I, I said this about Chucky Hepburn. I'm a I'm a terrible shooter. Chucky Hepburn could pencil me in for six a night, right? He's he's going to get me an easier shot than I normally would, right? Like there's just something to that. And Neil's a perfect fit. And and I think getting along matters too, because that team is they get along really well. Took the long bus trip together and I I think that's understated we saw this in the adidas championship last year right the teams that seemed to kind of mesh and didn't have the guy that you flew in or the guy that was more worried about instagram like over time the teams that figure out how to play together play better yeah and that's like the benefit like with my team a lot of these kids have played together for a long time i've got um what seven kids that were OSA kids last year, and have uh, and handful of those have been OSA kids all throughout. They played together, they played against each other, they practiced together. So, like adding 
Gabe, War- uh, Gabe Edstrain and Evan Warner to the five guys that I brought back from last year. We all practiced against each other last year, and we played against each other, and those guys have played there previously. So it's just a mix of kids that have been around each other that, that know each other, and that really does make a difference when guys know how to, how to play off of each other and know where their teammates like the ball, um, know when, when to slide over and help, uh, all those sorts of things. And it really does make this part of the season easier when you don't have to worry about building that chemistry. You just got to work in a few new guys that are kind of learning the ropes and everybody else already ha- has that uh, established. Well, this recruit looks coming up this weekend. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of good talent, right? It's good. I think it's going to be a good quality tournament. And when you're kind of feeling this out and you've done this a while now, you're trying to play to your team's strengths. You're kind of feeling out your roster. How are you practicing, right? Because the great, the the easy, low-hanging fruit narrative is, oh, they just play games and they don't care about the results and they're not in the gym enough and they're not working fundamentals. It's just game, game, games. I, the last four or five years that I've been around this deal, it's not like that. I, I don't know how other yeah. people do it, but how do you know? Yeah, so like, me personally, like we, we go through um, some warm ups and then some uh, KU shooting, just get a lot of uh, a lot of reps up, a lot of shots, layups, and threes, running the floor, get the guys loosened up, uh, and then we do some transition work. Um, got a few different drills we work in there, so working with the other team that we're sharing the court with. Um, so the first twenty or so minutes uh, together, um, doing that kind of stuff. Then we get uh, break up and do some half court, usually some shooting. Um, and stuff like that. We do shell drill almost every practice. Um, ETG can do the shell drill for about 20 minutes. It makes me hurt. <laughs> but they guard, so it, 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 it does yeah. manifest itself. Yeah. It, it really does make a difference. Like we don't, I, I've only got an hour and a half to work with, so I can't. Uh, but usually we go uh, 10, 15 minutes, uh, shell into live, trying to uh, incorporate the, the concepts that we're just working on into live play. Uh, then we spend some time just going over our stuff and making sure everybody's comfortable adding whatever new things we're going to add. And then the last 25, 30 uh, is scrimmage. Try to put to, uh, put to the test the stuff that we just, uh, that we just put in, uh, and build up that, that chemistry. So that's kind of the, uh, the practice model that we've gone with so far. Um, the, once you get later in the season, kind of shifts depending on who's available. We've got other sport guys and, um, depending on like how, again, if, if you had a really long weekend, then maybe take it a little bit easier in one of the practices, do a lot of shooting and stuff like that, maybe a little less uh, like comp- uh, competition stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I always try to get um, a blend of fundamentals and teaching the game in and teaching how to play uh, in live action. So as we get ready for this weekend, kind of what are, what are some thoughts? What do you think we're looking for? We talked, on, we talked about some of the teams, some of the rosters. They're starting to get solidified. Uh, it looks like Root Bijat will, in fact, play with uh, Bradley Bill Elite. Is is a little bit of a blow to the to the 17s for um, ETG, but that was a little bit. Some of that was to be expected. Uh, you know, Supremes their rosters are set. We see a lot of these teams now starting to ramp up for the first start. What What are you kind of expecting to see? Yeah, I, I believe uh, Supreme, their uh, UAA teams and their national teams are going to be down in Lincoln at next pro event, I believe, this weekend. Uh, and then the recruit look is here in Omaha, and that'll OSA, ETG, um, ICE, uh, it's Greg Hepburn's group, um, Powerhouse. Um, they've got some, some good teams like Omaha Elite. 
Um, so you've got a you've got a good mix of a, a lot of kind of local programs that are going to be in this at, at the various some, some good quality national programs too. I saw D one coming down from yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, uh, Barnstormers Gold are here. Um, uh, you got some Kansas City teams and some Colorado teams. So a good mix of kind of area um, teams and obviously the, the 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 local ones. So get a chance to test themselves against some other programs. Where do you come out in terms of mixing and match in terms of, um, you know, like other, like cross promote, not cross promoting, but cross competition of shoe circuits or shoe leagues, right? Like if, if I'm, if I'm playing on UA or if I'm playing on Adidas or if I'm in EYBL, how do you feel about like mix and matching the levels of competition? Or do you think you're okay with those guys just playing their tournaments? We'll just play in these tournaments because now we see new balances trying to get something going. And uh, like kind of, where do you come out on that? I, I do like the, the kind of like non live period events where you've got the different programs coming in and get to see them against each other. Um, and I, I like those tournaments where, like, again, like I'm coaching a national level team. I'm not a shoe circuit team. So the, the, the tournaments that I'm going to go to are a little different than uh, some of the other ones. So I've kind of, I like, I do enjoy those tournaments where you bring a, a mix of different programs together, um, like the hardwood uh, classics that I've been to in the past where they brought yeah, those, some of those yeah. YBL and uh, Under Armour teams together. And then uh, yeah, the national teams down there, you've got different uh, divisions and all that. It's cool when you've got like, those kind of, like every level of competition in one place, you get to see that the top teams really go at it from various circuits. Uh, and then some, some other teams that have a chance to kind of earn their way into the mix as well. So um, I, I do enjoy the, the definitely the, the tournaments where they do mix. And uh, then it's cool that after you see those kind of competition t- for them to go back to their circuits and then you see, okay, where do these guys fare that, that faced off each other, who are the best of the best in each league and how, and then maybe if they, they did face each other, then you've kind of got that um, that basis of comparison. How do you feel like <clears> – <throat> so, for instance, you know, I always think it's interesting when you see kids that are finally playing on grade level in, summer, in the summer that ordinarily don't do it during their high school p- campaign. Is that the great equalizer to the level of competition because it is usually ramped up in the summer? Like how do you look at how to gauge your personnel? Yeah, it's definitely I, – I do enjoy that, the fact that kids all get to play same age level. It, it kind of uh, – I think maybe some level of uh, confidence boost. You get to see kind of kids on the same level, and you don't have – maybe there's some experience gaps and some younger, um, like physically is going to be significant if it's a sophomore trying to play w- with seniors at the varsity level. And you, I think at this – you get to see more kind of the true – um, skill level, talent level of these kids. Obviously, the ones that can transcend that are the the best of the best. But there, it's there's a lot of talented players beyond just the the surefire, no doubt D one, D two guys um, that kind of show themselves right away. You got some really good players that by their senior year they've really developed in, into nice players that can go on to D two, NAIA, high level uh, college basketball um, that maybe weren't the guys that you could tell right away were the studs. So I do. That's kind of why I do enjoy seeing the, the OSA uh, now they're called elite and the Supreme national teams. And maybe some of these other ones where maybe they're not the, the guys that are going to get uh, all the ton of offers, but um, that you can see these kids can play. And I'm looking forward to seeing kind of how they develop a- as they do get older. And by the time they're seniors, what do they look like then? You can see kind of the basis for that when they do, when they are able to play against their own grade level. Now, maybe this is just me and where I was in Fayetteville with, you know, kind of the Hawks and the Celtics and some of these other organizations that nationally 
um, have some have prominence. Team Griffin, have you noticed kind of this now? It seems like high school coaches are now becoming more involved in the AAU circuit. It used to be separate, yeah. and we view you as unequal. Yeah. Now it seems to be like high school coaches are coming back into the fray. Is that just no, I? I think you're spot on there, and you see it um, all over the place. Like everybody is getting different coaches involved, and I I like that. The 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 more that everybody is on the same page, the more it'll benefit the kids, and the more it'll raise the level of, of basketball. And so you, you do have experienced coaches in the mix that um, have been there and done that at a high level. Uh, with some maybe people like me that I'm I'm not a high school coach, but I've been around a long time and I, I like learning from these other coaches. I like going to other practices and maybe picking up a few drills here, picking up a play here and there, picking up uh, just kind of the way that they go about things. So I, I, I really do enjoy kind of just the the ability to be around other coaches from different with different experience levels and uh, different backgrounds. It, it only helps me grow and it only helps the, the kids that uh, are benefit from that as well. So what do you, what are you kind of looking to accomplish? What do you think coaches are looking to accomplish? Now, there are some organizations that obviously have a tournament under their belt. Most teams that we'll see in this recruit look will not have had. You know, very few people are firing this thing up the second weekend yeah. in March, like they <laughs> were last week. But real quick, speaking of that, uh, obviously you were down there, uh, Fayetteville. You mentioned big win for the 16s over uh, Team Griffin. Anybody else that kind of stood out to you that you that you thought had a really good weekend at whatever uh, age group? Yeah, so the team that may have the highest ceiling may actually be the 15s. Um, it's a good, young, talented group. Um, I like the addition of Shoal and some of the guys up front. They have good length. They've got really good guard play. Now, they ran into a buzzsaw, uh, and I think it's RF – R-O-F-T-D-L, which is a big-time program. I think all three of their 15s, 16s, 17s were in the semifinals at worst. Long, strong, really good athletic, athleticism. And they ran into a buzzsaw there. But for the, for the most part, um, I really like the caliber of competition. You know, and, and it's kind of what you expect. It was, what's the most that you've ever paid for a mission in a summer tournament? Uh, You're that, a coach. I was going to so say, bad question. If, I usually don't pay to, attention to it because I never pay. Okay, so $45 a head What? In, in Fayetteville. I'd never seen – listen, we've been to California. We've been to Vegas. Uh, um, we, we went to the, the big one in Birmingham. $45 for the weekend. I couldn't believe it. Which uh, no, normally it's like ten a day, like twenty five for a weekend pass, something right. like that. Max, right? Yeah. Thirty dollars, I think, is probably the most I'd seen. Yeah, no problem. That's forty five dollars per for the for the Northern Exposure. But you, if you're looking at like a, a to do list, okay, this is what we want to get accomplished. This is what I want to see my guys do. Where do you think most coaches start with this weekend? This weekend, uh, probably just. I think this weekend is a chance to kind of learn where you're at, um, where you need to grow, um, what stuff that you put in, like, all right, this is going to work for us. Because, I mean, at at this point, you kind of have an idea. You come in with what you want to run. But until you get to run it against somebody else full time that that you're not practicing with, that that maybe doesn't know your stuff all all the way – you don't really know exactly how it's going to work, especially when you bring in new pieces. You're like, 
all right, I want to put this kid in this situation, but then you get out there and he kind of struggles. Like, all right, now you got to recalibrate and figure out, oh, how, where do I need to put him to, to get the most out of him? So that's, I think this first weekend is really, it's a learning experience to figure out, okay, um, where are we going to be strong? Where, where are we going to be weak? Where do we need to, to improve in? And how, how do we put kids in the best situation to succeed? Uh, obviously, win, wins would be nice, but um, that, I mean, with this, it's a, it's a true showcase style event. There's no bracket play. You're not uh, working towards anything but a, a perfect record and trying to get better. So um, it's a little bit different than where, you, all right, trying to play my way into this, this top bracket here to go win a championship. Um, you, you just got four games and that's it. So you got these four opponents set. Um, let's go out and have some fun and see what we can do. Yeah, so I've, I'm kind of just watching this first weekend, and it was a lot of high-level competition, so maybe it's a little bit inaccurate. But what do you think's the most portable as we hear the music? Offense or defense after time off? Because the easy answer, I think, for most people is offense. But these defensive rotations and stuff like that, that's tough, right? What, like, what do you see? What do you, how are you coaching that? Yeah, it 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 really does depend on your kids and kind of what their uh, their background is, what they're um, what they're used to. And you come from programs that really really stress it. That's already ingrained in them. Like I have, some, like we've only done a few shell drills. It's not like I, I can't take credit for how good my guys are defensively, <laughs> but especially hey, the new look guys. At Coach Pete, man, he's he's a genius. He's <laughs> a genius. Just the some of the rotations guys have made uh, slid over to help each other out. Like that's just that that means that they've. They've had good coaching. That they they've got a high high basketball IQ and they know how to play. So it really kind of depends on the kids in their background. And uh, for us right now, I thought in the start of it, I thought our defense was ahead of our offense. Um, and then yesterday we had a better offense today than we had previously. So uh, maybe we're making some progress on that end though. Yep, you hear the music. Hey, next week um, I, there's a couple things I want to ask you. The all state teams came out this week. I want to talk about that and kind of how you would use the summer. Uh, versus going to college versus another opportunity to get another look, rolling the dice there, and then maybe leaving to go someplace else to get more exposure. I want to get into all that, and we'll recap this first week in the basketball. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm ODB. We'll be back next week with Nebraska Preps postgame. Hoda Media Production.